Today I'm going to kick off a, a, a new series called Here and Now. And it's, it's really about some statements that Jesus made that have always intrigued me personally and have always kind of dug deep inside of me. And I, I want to start this morning by, I want, you to, uh, I want you to imagine something for a minute. I want you to imagine that your, your friend, you have a friend that got a new car, right? Uh, got a brand new car. And, and as your friend got this car, you, you began to notice after that you ran into him maybe, maybe a month later. And they were, they were talking about how hard life was. That it's just really hard carrying groceries everywhere you go. Like it, it's, it's hard to get groceries. Like you have to, you can tell they have, wait, you're, you're walking from the grocery store to your house. Yeah, it's, it, I can only carry so much. And, and then and then you hear them talking about how they, they've, they've had to job hop some because they're late for work, because they, they've had to, to walk to their job everywhere. And you begin to say, well, I thought you got a new car. Well, I, I did. Do you drive it? Well, n- no. I mean, it's almost absurd, isn't it? To think, it's kind of an absurd mental thought to think that you got this brand new vehicle and, and yet your friend, and you're wanting to say, you're wanting to say like, as we get older, we learn to hopefully filter that everything that goes through your head doesn't come out your mouth, right? I don't, I, I'm, I don't know if that filter's getting better for me or worse for me as I get older uh, sometimes. I, I asked a friend not too long ago, I said, do you notice sometimes as we're getting older that you say things that normally you just used to think? And he said, yeah. I said, when we get to be 70, we're going to be intolerable, uh, I, I think, you know. Because I think as you get older, you just, you don't. One thing I love about people that are, you know, over the age of 60, they just don't tolerate stupid much. And, and, and so they just say it. And if you're dumb, you're dumb. It's not really personal. It's just you're, you're just acting stupid, and they'll tell you. And I kind of appreciate that about them. Um, I really do. And so you have this friend that, that, that is, has this ultimate vehicle, but they're walking everywhere, their job's affected, their life's affected, and, and you would say, well, it only works. It only works if you use it. You've got this really great tool. See, there, I'm learning there, there's, a, there's a really big difference between owning something and actually engaging something. There's a difference between ownership and engagement. There's a difference between a contract and a covenant right? You may contract to own something, but the, a covenant is different. A covenant means you have something invested in it. It means that you're, you're together in something. You, this, this friend can, you can own a vehicle, but unless you actually, that, that vehicle was designed, it was engineered, and then it was manufactured, and then it went to a lot, and it was sold with one express purpose, and that is to be used. And it doesn't count if you don't actually use it. So there's a difference between ownership and engagement. And today in the here and now, I want to talk to you about some statements that Jesus made about us. And as we walk through these over the next few weeks, what what you're going to find is there is a difference between ownership and engagement. And there's also a difference between church membership and kingdom citizenship. Those are different things altogether. 
And today we're going to talk, Jesus made all kinds of statements about the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is, and, and they're really interesting statements about forgiveness and humility and, and, and eternity and, and money and relationships and debt, and, and he made all kinds of statements around this phrase, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like, and, and so today we're going to talk about what this means about the here and the now, because Jesus did, if you read the, if you you read the, the New Testament, one of the things you're going to see is that Jesus repeatedly, repeatedly, often comes back to this idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. They're kind of used in, in interchangeably. In fact, he starts out in the very beginning of his ministry. Mark, Mark records it. We're not going to, this isn't where we're going there, but I just put it on the screen for you. In Mark chapter 1, it just says, Now after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. And this is what he said. The time is fulfilled, that's now, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Here and now. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So Jesus, Jesus enters the scene of his ministry making this really big statement that there is a kingdom. There is. There, there is a kingdom. And then he, and he talks about it. You, you've seen it pop up many times in, if, if, as you read through the scriptures. Jesus talks about it in his very first sermon. I mean, his very first sermon. He's going to say something and he, he says to seek first the kingdom of God. It's in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's a kingdom we're told to seek. I mean, actually seek it out. It's here and it's now. It's not just later. A lot of times I think Christians think about the kingdom of God being the ultimate reign of the thousand years or even beyond in all eternity. And it is that, but the glory of the kingdom is that it is here and that it is now. And so Jesus told us to seek it. He's issuing it into existence. And, and then he, he even goes on to talk about how the kingdom is often a revealer. He, he, and we're going to kind of touch on that today. In Matthew 6, in that same sermon, Jesus said this, Store up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The kingdom is a revealer in some ways. Jesus made statements about the here and now, and I want to break them down for us over the next several weeks. Um, I want you to turn today specifically, if you have a Bible, to Matthew chapter 13. Um, it's the very first gospel. If you're not super familiar with the Bible, we start in the middle. If you, as you go to the right, you'll hit Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew was a, a disciple. Um, Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus makes these kind of quick statements, boom, boom, boom. And, and so I want, I want you to know, I wanna, as you're turning to Matthew 13, I, I want to say something to you. Um, as a, as a as a preacher there's there's um there's there's some sundays i'm just kind of letting y'all into my weird world for a minute there's some sundays you come to church and you're like i'm going to get them today you know with 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 some big truth or you know or you know there's there's a mountain we got to climb and dead gummit we're going to climb it and you know and then there's some sundays you come and you're, you're talking about, you know, your people maybe been going through something like, 
you know, something spe- specific in their town or, you know, um, there's some, there, there's sometimes as a teacher, you know, you, you have certain things that you're, you're really going to come at them hard, but I, I will tell you, that's not, not today, but I, I, I will tell you this. But then there's, then there's times, and if, you, if you're in the education system or you teach or, or you're ever, if you've got children or if you have employees on your team, there's times if you're in any type of influential role, there's times that you go, man, if I could just get, if I could just get my son or daughter to understand this, it would unlock so much. If I could just get my team at work, man, if they could just understand this, I'm telling you, it makes so much difference. If you've ever coached, um, you know, if you've ever coached any, any type of sports team, swim team, anything, cheerleading, basketball, there's certain fundamental principles that if you could just get them to understand, you'd know it would make a huge difference. And for me, if, if there was one topic, if there was one concept, if there was one truth that I could, I could get you to understand, it would be this one. Because I know that if you, if you can get it, it will unlock things for you that you're never going to see any other way. And it's a very short statement that Jesus makes. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant, small business owner, seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl, verse 46, Matthew 13, 46, and upon finding one pearl of great value, he went, sold all he had, and he bought it. So let's read it again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. So it's a very tight statement. But there's so much there. And if there is one takeaway that we're going to walk away with today, if you, if you get anything about what I want you to get out of this thing that Jesus said, it is this, is that God's kingdom is personal, but it's never partial. Say, so what, what do you mean by that, Jason? No, it is personal. And by partial, I don't mean partial to some people versus others. I mean, it's not halfway. The kingdom of God is personal. Christ made it personal, but it's never partial. It's never halfway. And so today, we're going to talk about what really that means, and here's how we're going to do it. This is actually um, one of my favorite ways to study the Bible. Uh, I don't don't know that anybody ever taught me this. Uh, Maybe they did, and I can't remember who it was. But I just remember many, many years ago when I would read the Gospels, and especially Gospel stories about people just like this guy. One of the things that really helped me, and this is is totally for free, so I'm not charging you at all, okay? But but if, if if you will learn to literally put yourself in this person's head and give them the benefit of the doubt when you do it. I mean it. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Go ahead and put yourself in, in you know, not that not you're try, not trying to look for faults or you're, you're just trying to put, if I was this person, why, how would I see that? And, and so, so I, I have spent a lot of time trying to get into this guy's head um, really over the past year of my life. This has become a very important verse to me personally. 
This guy is a merchant, right? He's a merchant. He's a small business owner. All of you work for somebody, and most of the time it's small businesses. A few of you work for big corporations. But you know what? If you own a budget, if you own any type of line item in that budget, or if you lead a team within a corporation, in effect, you lead a small business within that corporation. You really do. And so you own that portion of it. This guy's a small business owner. And, and so he, he, and for him, he's, 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 he's a jeweler. He, and he's, it, he's obviously pretty good at it because he's got an inventory. It says he went and he sold all that he had. So he's got an inventory. And, 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 he's, he, and for him, something happens because you can tell if, if he's a seeker of pearls, what that's telling me is that he's a broker. He buys and he's just, a, and he just, he just he's the middleman. He, he gets them from, I don't know, wherever you get pearls from. You know, he's an oyster cracker person, you know, or whatever. And there's people that, that's a, a full-blown career, oyster cracker person. I kind of made that up on the fly. And, and you know, but there's, there's a person that does this. And then, then he goes and gets them. He buys them. It's not diamonds. They're not gems. They're pearls. And, and so then he knows he has distributing networks and he knows how to do all that, and, and it's not personal to him. I mean, he's flipping them for a profit. He, you know, puts his margin in there and moves on. Typical business. And then one day, though, he does something that all of you that are really, really good. You know one thing I love about it, Clearview? Like, we have some impressive business people in this church. I mean, like, for real, there are some really impressive business people. Lots of you men and women are really good with business acumen. And if, as, by being around you, there's, if there's one thing I've learned from being around people that are really, really good in businesses, one of the places that you don't like in businesses, you don't like people getting emotional. Right? <laughs> what do y'all always say? It's not personal, it's just what? Business. Don't get emotional about the numbers. That's why you like business. It's just the numbers. The numbers don't lie, usually, right? Unless they're being hid or something or something's being... You like the numbers, but this guy does something that's really out of character. He gets emotional. Because what does he do? Well, put yourself in his shoes. Imagine that you went home and you said to your spouse... Sold it all today. Sold what? All of it. All of what? All of it. For what? Because I found something. Like, wouldn't you like, if, let's just say this guy was married, wouldn't you like to be there <laughs> for that conversation? You did what? You, you quit? Well, not, I don't know. Maybe. What do you have? Oh, wait till you see it. Like, it's awesome. Here, look. Like, divorces would just happen instantaneously. Marriage counseling would be installed. I mean, it's the most erratic, emotional thing from a guy who is a broker. See, for him, it was just pearls. It was just part. It was just a product. That's all it was. And all of a sudden, then he finds this one, and then he, he can't live without it. He's got to have it. He, he, he's got to have everything about it, and that's what I love about this guy. You see, it reveals to me a couple things when you look at his story. 
it reveals to me that the kingdom of God is personal, but it's never partial. It's all in. The kingdom of God is, is personal. It's never partial. It's, it's, it's all in. And it's, in fact, it's always been personal with God. When, at, at the dawn of creation, what did he do when he made Adam and Eve? It said he walked among them, right? It was personal. When they, when they sinned, what did he do? He went looking for them. It was personal. With Moses, he showed up. It was and he talked to Moses. The Bible says he talked to Moses as God talks with a friend. As, actually, it says that God talked with Moses as a man talks with a friend. That, that, that verse has always bothered me because I don't get to do that. And I'm going to take that up with God at some point. And I don't know that I'm going to get much out of him in that moment, but it I probably won't matter in heaven anyway. But it bothers me. What, what have I got to do to get that? With Joseph, it was personal. With Malachi, it was personal. With Amos, it was always personal. And then Jesus walks on the scene, and it's personal. But it's not partial. It's all in. He goes to a cross, not halfway, all of him. It was personal. It was never partial. It's always been personal with God. It's always been personal. And it tells me, this story tells me that actually the kingdom here and now, it actually does exist. The kingdom of God is both now and not yet. It's both. It's now and not yet. And so you can live it. You can live in the accessibility of it. And that's what I love about the kingdom of God. So what is it? What is the kingdom of God? That's the real question, right? In the here and now, what is the kingdom of God? Because I don't think a lot of Christians really do understand that term. They understand it in the eternity a lot better than they do in the now. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is now what? At hand. It is here. So the kingdom of God, I'm going to give you just a street-level definition from my own pen. And I would, according to this verse, and I would say it like this. The kingdom of God is the accessible power and presence of God to rule and reign over my life, both now and later. That's a very measured statement. The kingdom of God is the accessible power, that's one, and the presence, that's two, of God to rule and reign over my life, both now and later. See, the great thing about this story is it tells us that the merchant could experience the kingdom now. In other words, what it tells me is, hey, Jason, you know what? You don't have to wait to heaven to see if you're forgiven. You can be forgiven now. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you can be forgiven now? Aren't you glad that, that some of those things you said even last week can be forgiven now and you don't have to carry all of that and as if it were some big toe sack of troubles and then on judgment day when you stand before God you're like okay do we have to go through all of this like every bit of it no no but you don't oh boy that's good does that not make you feel good boy it makes me feel good 
Aren't you glad that all those times that, that you got really, 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 really super angry with somebody and you even acted on that anger? In fact, somebody hurt you so bad that in t- inside of them you hated them with everything you have to hate them with, and yet you don't have to wait until heaven to see if that was made right or not. That you can actually experience the forgiveness of God now, not later. What about peace? We know that in heaven there's going to be perfect peace, but Jesus said you can have peace without what? Understanding now. You don't have to, aren't you glad you don't have to wait to heaven to get peace now? See, the kingdom is both here and it's now. You, it really is, and so it's the accessible power and presence of God. And so this story tells me that, that Jesus came and, and he made the, the, the kingdom real, and he made it real, and he made it now. And this is one of those things that the Jews didn't really understand. This is a really big deal. You need to understand why it's such a big deal. See, the, the Jews in that day really weren't a lot different from modern-day American evangelical Christians. They really weren't. Because here's what they wanted. When Jesus came on the scene, here's what they wanted. They wanted a ruler king that was going to get all the people that they didn't like. So he was going to set up dominion and power and military authority, baby. I mean, it was coming. That's why they kept asking him, hey, when are you going to set this up? Well, I already did. What? Like, when are you going to put the crown on your head? When are you going to kill every Roman? Like, all of them. Can we help you kill all the Romans? Because we want to kill all the Romans. We want them out of our land. When are you going to do that? I'm not. You see, they, they wanted a military political king. And Jesus said, hey, that's not your biggest problem. Because militaries come and go and politics comes and goes and it swings and it sways and, and economics comes and goes. Your biggest problem is the problem of the heart. Your biggest problem is the problem of what sin has done to infect you for all of your life. Politics comes and goes. Citizenry comes and goes. But your biggest issue is what I'm going to tackle. In other words, aren't you glad that Jesus went after what you really needed versus what you really wanted? What you really needed was a king who ruled in the dominions of the eternal The kingdom of God is personal, but it's never partial. It's never partial. So when you look at this guy's story, one of the things I really appreciate about the here and the now in this guy's story is that there's something that happens to him that you can't overlook. And it is that the kingdom of God is accessible, but it's a one-way ticket. It's a one-way ticket. It, 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 when you look at the story, what you find, this is, really imp- this is what really sticks out to me in this story. I think about this guy often. I do. Because he realized in that moment, I, I don't watch a lot of TV, but sometimes I run across these episodes of like these appraisal shows, you know, where they're appraising things, and they're trying to find the value or... Um, 
pawn, pawn stars, I think, is another one where they're pawning stuff off. And, you know, sometimes people don't know what they had. And don't you know that this guy who really knows the pearl world, don't you know, in my mind, he goes up and he sees that thing. And, he, and he's going, don't, don't do it. Don't overreact. Don't overreact. Don't overreact. Don't overreact. Be still. Be still. Calm down. Poker face. Poker face. Poker face. Right? That's what he's saying to himself because he has found the mother load. It's like somebody that collects baseball cards and they find a Ted Williams and the corners are perfect and it's not faded. And it's for like $10 at a yard sale somewhere in, you know, College Grove. And some mom's just selling stuff and she doesn't know what she has. And he knows he should probably offer her thousands of dollars, but she only wants $10 for the whole bag. So he sees this pearl, and he can't believe it. But he's also got a huge problem. For those of you in business, this is, makes a lot of sense. He actually has the ability to get it. But he can't be two places at once, right? You ever try being two places at once? It's called parenting. It doesn't work. You can't be two places at once. So he knows in his head he's doing the math. Every really good business person I've ever known, like y'all know your P&L, like, you know, I know parts of Scripture. It's fascinating to me. You, you, you just can point numbers and do them in your head, you know, right where you sit all the time. You know, and he's going, I, 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 can, I can buy that. But I got nothing left if I do. Like it's all gone. He can't be two places at once. The kingdom of God is personal, but it's never partial. So this guy, he's, he's faced with this huge dilemma when you look at the story. He, 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 if he wants this new life, he's, he can have the new life, but here's the thing he can't have. He can't have the old one, too. He can't. He can't, he can't have the old one with it. He's got to make this conscious decision in, in the moment, and, and it, it's really... That's why this story, for me, carries so much weight, he can't be two places at once. I want to I talk to you about something, but I, I, I want to put out a disclaimer first. You know, we live in a culture now where um, it's, it's kind of a culture of offense. You know, people just get offended so easily. By the way, I don't, I don't intend on saying something offensive in a minute. Something, what's he about to say? I, I, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I, I, I know how humanity is right now in the last 10 years or so. And people just, people hear things and, and, and they, they think you're talking at them. It's kind of a strange thing to be a preacher um, because you get up here and you tell people how they should be living. And that's kind of fun for about 17, 22 minutes. And then, you know, then the next week starts and, you know, you find out who you made mad. And that's part of it. So it's kind of whatever. You know, I deal with it. But this is really one of those times where I, I don't want you to put your guard up. Because I'm not talking, if you're over in the chapel, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking at you. I'm not really talking. I don't have anybody's 
in my mind right now. I don't, you know, um, I don't, I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. I'm just thinking about the Christian life. You know, I've, I've, always, I've, always been, um, I've always been intrigued my whole Christian ministry. I, I really, really, not beyond my ministry, I would say my, my, just my, my Christian walk, more than just Jason the preacher, Jason, Jason the Christian. I've, I've always been intrigued by the fact that I meet so many Christians that claim the name of Jesus, and yet, but when you talk to them, you can see that this type of living, this kingdom living, the accessible power and the presence of God, they, they're just less than enthused. It, it really hasn't registered much with them. I, I meet, it seems like I meet over my, I've been a Christian now since 1990, and so I would say, what's that, that's 31 years? I would, I would say that more than 50% of the Christians I meet, they understand church membership, but very few of them understand kingdom citizenship. They're very different things. And I meet, I meet a lot of people that seem to be wondering, wondering why they... They have trouble making righteous decisions, and yet they're biblically illiterate. I, I, that's not a mean statement. I, I've just wondered, like, well, when you, make, when you make decisions based on the motives that you made them with, none of that lines up with the gospel. How, how did you think that was going to end? I mean, it's not, I'm not, I'm just, being, I mean, I'm not being matter of fact. I, it, I, I've, and I, I've done, I've made decisions that way before, but how did I think it was going to end? Of course it was going to end that way. And I, the more I look around the the Christian landscape at times, I wonder where is the disconnect, you know? And I think a lot of it has to do with this idea that the kingdom of God is personal, but it's never partial. I mean, you can have it. You can have all the power of the Holy Spirit right now to affect how you parent, your money, your self-image, all of it, all of it. But you can't be two places at once. You just can't. There's a difference between being a citizen of the kingdom and somebody that attends church. I think the Jews did that pretty well. I think they, they were in a contractual agreement with God, but thinking it was a covenant when in fact it was more of a contract of acting and believing certain things. And I wonder if, if American Christians, as much as we poke fun at, at, at the Jews and how they got it wrong sometimes, I don't know. When you look around the, the landscape of America, you, you tend to think that why is it that if Jesus is the life givers, why are so many churches dying? It really doesn't make sense to me. So in a moment of self-disclosure, I, I, th this may be a little bit more about me, um, about my own insecurities than, than anything. Um, and I really debated whether or not I was going to tell you this. 
I've actually brought it up before, but like this is like a really different time. But I'm going to talk to you about it because I have this fear that you might try to think I'm trying to be hipster. I don't even, I can spell hipster. Um, I, I don't know. You know, we live in Franklin. Like, you see these people all, I'm not thinking about anybody. You see, these, you see these 55-year-old dudes all the time, and you just want to walk up to them and go, hey, man, like, bedhead, like, it ain't working for you. Like, skinny jeans, brother, it just ain't, mm-mm. Like, I promise. Really, stop it. You see women, well, I ain't even going to talk about that. But, um, you know, so I have this, I have this real... Um, so I, about a year ago or so, I really began to think, man, I, I need like this, um, you know, like the sail behind us we referenced last week about setting your sail. I, I need this visual to line me up every day. I really do. I need this visual to, because this guy's story really captivated me. It's, a, it's only two sentences in the entire New Testament. But there is a lot to this dude. So I, so I had this pearl made. Um, and I fear that people might, Michelle sometimes even says, you know, you trying too hard? You know, I don't, I don't know. And, and, I, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I am, you know. Um, but she's not wrong. I, I, don't, I don't know. But so I had this pearl made. And if you ever see it, you're like, what's he doing? You know, I, you're, maybe, maybe it's very arrogant of me to think you even notice it all. I, I don't know. This is going downhill. But I'll tell you why I, I had it made. I went to this jeweler friend of mine, and I said, look, man, I don't wear jewelry. I do wear a watch. And I, I've been married 24 years, and I still feel my wedding ring. I've never been a jewelry kind of guy. So I'm not really sure that I'm going to even want something like this. But here's what I'm trying to do. And so I, I knew this guy, and I knew he wouldn't take advantage of me. And I said, I'm not even sure I can wear this thing. I may hate it, so I don't want to spend like $1,000 on it or something. But I, do, but I don't want it to be plastic either. So can, can, you, can you make a pearl? Can you get me a pearl and make a necklace out of it? Because here's my motive. I said, I want something that reminds me every day when I get up that it's all or nothing. I want to be able to stare at something all the time that I can't get away from. That every decision I make, every day when I get up and look in the mirror and brush my teeth, that I have to remember the kingdom of God is personal, but it's not partial. It's all in. So he made it, and I've been able to wear it for a year now, and I still think about it a lot. And... The reason is, it has helped me, actually. It has worked, and so far to this point, it's reminded me, and I don't know that I'll wear it for the rest of my life, but it has, it has reminded me every day when I get up, it's a visual reminder that I can't be two places at once. That I can have the power of the kingdom of God in every area of my life, but it is about me submitting to it and aligning to it if I want it. To be a citizen of the kingdom is to be a different thing than a member of a church. And I suppose that's why so many people that walked up to Jesus often walked away. 
Even in his own hometown, it said he couldn't do many miracles there. They were just too familiar. I wonder if sometimes that's our problem. It's not that we don't know Jesus. We're just too familiar with him. So, if we walk away from anything with the pearl of great price, if there's, if there's one concept that I would love, if there's one concept that, that I, if there's one truth that I would sometimes to the point of soul ache want for you is for you to understand that like this merchant if you're willing to liquidate it opens up a realm that you just can't get any other way you know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter, but sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world is sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.